0: Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything. To question everything, they read, everything they hear.
1: Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. This is a bi-weekly podcast where each episode, Lornette and I will be discussing and questioning convention, conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Facebook at Q Culture one and Twitter at Q Culture, and that's Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. There, we highly encourage our listeners to ask us questions, start a civil debate, or provide topic discussions for future episodes. If you're interested in learning more, we also share links to documentaries, articles, and books mentioned in each episode on our Facebook page. On today's episode, we will be questioning welfare. How's it going, Larnette?
0: Hey, Brian. Uh, Hello, everybody. You can check me out at um, LBV on um, Twitter, and you can check out um, I'm Corn Pop the Third on Twitter because my granddad was a my great granddad was a well my granddad was a was a bad dude. And uh, you can check out the Evolving Man Project, um, and that is just a website. to promote social change, um, politics, radical politics, and I mean, and and, ba- and basically encourage civil discussion and towards uh, how do we move towards a future, where we all can um, have uh, happy, joyous lives, and also live in balance with uh, with the nature. And maybe one day we fucking travel the universe. But the, the way we're going, <laughs> we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's turning into more of a pipe dream, huh?
0: Right, it's turning more yeah. to like Mad Max every single day. <laughs> like, it's the COVID thing. It's like, oh, 250,000 people dead. And every state is like, fucked. Yeah. We're not closing things co- down. Don't wear a mask. Because um, freedom. <laughs> Go to work. I read
1: something about that. They. uh there's vaccine that was like 95% effective. So they're like rushing to put it out there. So, I mean, obviously I hope it works, but I kind of have a feeling that the government's going to be like, all right, we don't need to do another round of stimulus checks because things will be back to normal by the summer. So.
0: Well, the thing is that just, I know round, is and that's, that's that's really ties into our welfare because I think what people don't understand. And when I say people, I'm talking about United States citizens, our fellow citizens. We we have a libertarian takeover of our government since the 1950s, all because they integrated the schools. And, you know, good white folks, Brian, did not want their children going to school with the Negroes. Um, and you can read that, Democracy and Change.
1: And for people that don't know, what would you say, like, what's a
0: libertarian? A libertarian is a Republican who smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> so think of Elon Musk. <laughs> now, uh, uh, libertarians <laughs> are individuals, uh, at least in this country, the right-wing libertarians believe that they believe in small government and when it means small government that means only the military and the police but everything else should be regulated to the free market despite the market never being free and never regulating itself because that's not how markets work
1: but yeah that's, yeah, right. that's, it's that's basically the just like right like that basically business is just the end all be all and we should just let it do whatever it wants because naturally because of the invisible hand it'll uh, always work out great so it's
0: it's but it's basically Astrology for guys. I
1: <laughs> I read, I read that, that uh libertarians are the anti vaxxers of
0: politics. <laughs> yes. It's like we um, hate the government, but we also need government to come and um, you know, bail out our
1: companies. But and build thought, the roads that our employees and build use for our business yeah. and give us tax subsidies and yeah, and then you I, know I build
0: know. hospitals so when our employees get sick they can get to work and come back. <laughs> but get, yeah. government my, get, gov- get government out my big get government out of my life. <laughs> right <laughs> right
1: <laughs> all right well we'll uh, we'll save that one for another episode but uh for this one we'll uh let's talk about some welfare so all you lazy bums out there um but uh so i think we should just kind of start by like what we mean when we say welfare i mean i think would you agree Laurenette, that kind of the image everyone has painted in their mind of welfare is that the government is basically just giving out checks to poor people um and that you would, and that the main argument against welfare is that it's going to incentivize poor people not to work and just be lazy, and it kind of just sucks money out of the system. Is that would you agree? That's probably like the general most like overwhelming picture we're painted of welfare.
0: Yeah, and I think it started with Reagan and worked its way through Clinton. Sorry, liberals, but you know I bring the heat to you guys too, um, and continued over under Obama because everybody's like Obama's going to give all the black people handouts, and actually he did not. And he did not bail out the people during a recession; he bailed out the corporations. So corporations always get welfare. Military-industrial complex always gets welfare, handouts basically. And the people, well, you guys can die. And we can talk about like the current um, pandemic. Um, the CARES Act was passed with haste, showing that government can be effective and work. Um, in March, and we got a stimulus check, all of us of twelve hundred dollars. Well, most people. Um, and also thanks to Bernard Sanders. There was a $600 extension on unemployment benefits, which many low-wage workers realized, like, I'm making more money now than I, you know. They had to not do that anymore because people were starting to put two and two together that they're getting fucked. So there have been no new round of stimulus. And the only reason they did the CARES Act was to bail out the big corporations who were like, we're going to get hit bad thanks to this COVID uh, pandemic.
1: And some people aren't even, I mean, that would be the connection you make, right? If you go on an unemployment and you aren't making as much as when you're working, you know, you would think that would make you even be like, what the fuck? Like, well, what was my job paying me before, you know, like horrible wages. But even some people, you know, didn't wake up to that. They get mad at the people that are unemployment. It's like, maybe you should be mad at your employer. Like if this is the amount the government determines is like the bare minimum to like, you know, keep you, keep you alive and supported. And then your company's paying you less than that. Maybe you need to start unionizing, you know, and rather than shitting on the other poor people who happen to get into a slightly better situation, realize that you're getting absolutely fucked, you know.
0: Well, that's the United States. It's always pit everybody against each other. Black, white, Um, you know, um, it's always class warfare on the working class. And to be totally honest, um, the working class is everybody who's not part of the one percent. Because if Donald Trump woke up with your, uh, (laughs) you know, for you rich people who think you really made it, you suburbanites. Would like make three hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, if Donald Trump woke up with that type of money, he'd shoot himself in the dick. Um, and mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm cursing on here. it's like I should I should be nice. <laughs> I said sit lives on Twitter and it pissed people off. Um, like, oh, you should be nice. you're not getting it all to your side uh, but anyway, um, we are all working class. A, a vast majority of people are this one health um, you know health healthcare issue. Away from, like, you know, bankruptcy. And it's a lot of people who are barely you know, working poor. That's a term we have in this country. So, a country that ridiculous. Yeah. Which
1: is just ridiculous that you could have somebody working full-time and still be too poor. And I'm going to get into that, especially, I think it was... Uh, I'll bring it up when we get to that section, but I think it was, like, Walmart and McDonald's, especially I that, am. like, like majority of their, or half their employees, something insane, are like, on welfare, even though they're working full-time Exactly. For and the
0: craziest thing in this country is, like, you know, we've been fed the myth of, like, you know, capitalism on steroids, especially since the Reagan era, where CEOs paid themselves, like, a million times more than their employees. Well, it's not a million times, but I'm sure they were hoping to get to that point. But 300 times more than the average worker, where, like, in the 70s, it was, like, maybe 50 times more than the average employee. But the thing is, some of the hardest-working people in this country – are, like, low-wage workers, like the garbage men, um, the folks who pick your fruits, the people who, like, you know, are working in the butcher shops for all you meat eaters out there, Um, people on the front lines, like, people who are doing, like, you know, hard manual labor, they're, like, busting their ass every day, and they're just, like, trying to put a roof over their head and feed their families. And the government has this thing called the minimum wage, where it's, like, how Chris Rock said, as an employer, I'm going to pay you what's legally... The lowest amount of money I can legally pay you. Because if I could, I would just have you come here and work for pennies or work for free because I, I can do that. And that's what like it was a time like that. Um, before the labor movement, back in the nineteen, you know, twenties and thirties and stuff like that. It was like little kids working in the factories. <laughs> I'm pretty sure some people nowadays are send their little kids to work in the factories because they don't want a handout. Well, well, work for it. Go out there and work a little man. Make your put your hair in your chest. Go work in that factory, little girl. And maybe that's why
1: I wanted to, I care about this topic a lot is because I'll admit, like, when I was younger, like in high school and stuff, I totally fell victim to that ideology that just the harder you work, the more money you'll make. Poor people are poor because they didn't, they're dumb or they didn't try hard enough. Um, and it really actually, like, I, you know, a great moment in my life that kind of opened my eyes a little bit, um, was when I went and, uh, for my church, uh, did a, um, uh, what was it called it was like an appalachian service project so we went to west virginia and repair repairing homes for poor people and the town i went to um used to be a, a coal mining town and then the mine shut down and then you know everyone there it's like okay so the mine you know majority of the town worked there they were still you know dirt poor even though they had jobs at the mine so once it closed down it's not like they have money to move and it's not like they can sell their house because who's going to move out in the middle of nowhere where there's no jobs. So they're just kind of stuck and they just had to take, you know, whatever job comes along. And at that, you know, and with the mine closed, companies know, you know, they're desperate for work so we can just pay them as little as possible. So, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to how you can be super hardworking, but still be so stuck in this poverty cycle, you know, through no fault of your own. Um, but as we like to do on this podcast, I like to kind of... Um, Uh, go over the history and how we got to where we are with the current welfare state. Um, So I guess the biggest milestone you could say in welfare um, in U.S. history was with FDR during the Great Depression. Um, Of course, if you go back and read a a lot of history, you'll say, you know, FDR was a great man who just wanted to help everyone. And so he started all these programs. But, um, you know, in reality, what happened was the people and mass movements pushed FDR to make these decisions. Um, basically, there were just mass riots, protesting, strikes, um, sit-down uh, strikes. So where instead of leaving, you actually stay in the business and clog things up became super popular in the 30s with the Great Depression. Uh, so basically, FDR was, you know, the the slightly smarter elite. That went to you know his other rich rich guys and was like, look, if we don't start giving these people some crumbs, we're gonna lose everything. Like we're they're gonna you know this country's gonna go completely socialist or communist, and and us business people aren't gonna have anything. Um, yeah, it's so. basically
0: called the, um, I believe it's the Keynesian economic model. Mhm. Yep. That was his economic advisor, right? Yeah, Keynesian. yeah. And it's just like you have to like this. It's called the social contract. So give people a little bit of something. And like the crazy thing is. It's the workers' tax dollars, so it's not like it's a handout or anything like that. It's like our tax dollars should be going to like uplift folks, and it's it's the most it's insane that people are just like, no, it's a handout.
1: Yeah, and it's so frustrating that they're like, oh, it's free, it's a handout, it's a free, it's like, no, it's our tax dollars, we're spending that money on ourselves. And you notice they always do that when it's like healthcare, or education, oh, you want free stuff, but they never go, oh yeah, that free, you know, air, <laughs> airplane carrier, you know, like that free battleship, you know. Yeah, it's that like, free, no, it's like, you know, drone money.
0: or free in the nuclear right. missile that they just built, um, or that free, you know, f- that free tank that Lockheed Martin just built. It's so always I was like, oh, we can't afford that. We can't afford, like the whole entire Democratic primary was telling Bernie Sanders that all your programs are unrealistic and we can't afford it. Or when Andrew Yang, who had a very great analysis about like the Rust Belt and like how it would be, it's asinine to think that we're going to teach everybody how to code. Uh, shout out to Rahm Emanuel, you motherfucker. Um, yeah, like we're, we're not going to teach everybody how to code and not everybody wants to be a coder. So we should have some type of UBI. Now, the only thing about Andrew Yang's UBI is that I have a feeling, and Yang supporters can come at me, um, that he's like, we can use a UBI and replace that with – replace welfare. And it's kind of like – I,
1: <laughs> I read that too, and it's like uh, you're going to have to up that UBI amount a lot. A whole lot. dollars,
0: $12,000 a year. No one yeah. – and there's no – you can't live. You can't even live in Fargo, North Dakota, for $1,200 a year. So um and yeah, So right. it's like – where, where are you going to live at on that? Um, so, you know, life on Earth is very expensive, but at least you get a free trip around the sun. And that's a whole other discussion for another time about how humans created this system, um, despite the fact that, like, yeah. But anyway, but Bernie Sanders, every time he talked about Medicare for All or universal health care or um, free college and grad, I mean, free college and trade schools or um, uh, forgiving all medical debt, How are you gonna pay for that? But every time we go bomb some brown country to get their resources, I mean to give them freedom, um, no one ever says that. It's never like, how are you gonna pay for that war? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. It's never
1: referred to as free then. Yeah. But um.
0: And that's your tax dollars paying for the war. But we'll get into that a little later on.
1: Right. So just so just to get back so everyone knows with FDR so kind of the things that were pre that so basically the new deal and then there was a bunch of just different laws passed during FDR's pres- presidency um that included um the minimum wage law was created and set um honestly probably a little too low for the time and didn't keep up with inflation so it's even more so even way too low now Um, They outlawed child labor. So if your three year old's not working in a mine, you can thank uh, the people that during the Great Depression who fought for that. Um, The 40 hour work week was set. Just people might be surprised to know that was initially they pushed for a three day weekend. Uh, Two day weekend was the compromise. Um, So I'd be down to start fighting for that extra day off again. Um, Social Security was set, unemployment insurance, and then that, that matched um, state funds for mothers. And so that was kind of the original kind of what we call the modern welfare was money was given to mothers and, cho- and their children, um, unemployment insurance, insurance, basically that matched the funds from their old job. Um, and then as always with this country, you can't untie race. Um, black people were excluded uh, from most of the benefit programs um so can never untie that um god bless America and also, yeah and also uh farmers were largely exempt a lot because a lot of if you look at the it's funny how they exempt people through race um and you know the farmers in this situation it isn't explicitly stated like don't give the money to black people but just the way the laws are written um and so like with farmers there was a lot of things like um you know uh you you're you were paid your unemployment benefits based on your salary at your last job Well, farmers were fucking farmers. They didn't work for a company, so they didn't have a fucking previous wage. So they were exempt from the ruling. Um, And it always kind of struck me with that. Like, I feel like corporate America shits on rural white Americans and inner-city black Americans in the same way. So really, they would just be natural great allies, but just because of racism, that's all gone to shit. And they basically never work together, you know? Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, and and there's been times in history where, like— people cross the racial lines to like join together. And those movements that like forced FDR um uh, to like force them into greatness. Um despite the flaws with the New Deal. Like you said, it was it was very, you know, coded in race and that was like the compromise with the with the South because like the South keeps on giving. But as Malcolm X once said, yep. you south as long as you south of the Canadian border. I would add the <laughs> caveat that you're actually south as long as you're south of the goddamn North Pole. But I digress.
1: Um, Um, No, but you're actually you're exactly right about that. When I was reading about that's why FDR, he was like, oh, got to keep the the southern states happy, you know. So and that was a a concession he made. Um, But basically, from the moment all these things got enacted, um, you know, everyone in government, I always Democrats and Republicans are equally corrupt. But the Republicans especially were trying to tear down any social programs from the beginning. Um, and they used all the propaganda at their disposal. So since the 30s and 40s, Republicans have been trying to tear down any welfare program. Um, they've compared people on welfare to animals, um, and you know they, and aren't they're we all animals just...
0: anyway. Like we're human beings and we're, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, right. the type of animal. So that that makes any that doesn't like yes, we're animals. Like we need basic things to survive, like food, water, clothing shelter. And the,
1: and the Republicans know, because under a capitalist system, if you can't make money off it, it doesn't get done. So Republicans are just trying to privatize, you know, and I Democrats are doing it now, but that was more around like the Clinton era. So in the 60s, 70s, Republicans especially were, they just want everything in the hands of private business and not, not the government not to do anything except provide their military to protect their private property. And, and the police
0: to protect their private property too.
1: Right, exactly. So what they're really saying is because the government, granted it's flawed and it's not an actual democracy, but in theory it's a democracy, so there's people have input. Where in private business, that's just an authority. A private business is a dictatorship. You do what your boss tells you or you're fired and you lose your livelihood. So it's not a democratic system.
0: And those corporations are not beholden to the people. They're beholden to their, their shareholders and their board. So And they can make decisions in smoke-filled rooms and people have no input. On, on that so to let everything be turned over to the private, private market whose incentive is to make money is perhaps the most it's the most ludicrous idea in the history of like humankind it's just like they're gonna let this private entity with no oversight or responsibility to anybody but a, a board of very wealthy individuals that's it's just a modern day reshaping of like the monarchy but instead of the monarchy it's like the, the 1%. I mean, my wife doesn't like the word that leftists use, oligarchs, because it sounds like very bourgeoisie. So we can just say the 1%. That's pretty simple. And 1% means people who have way more money than anybody who's listened to this podcast. Unless Elon Musk happens to listen to it to hear what the comment folk are are in their rebellion. Um, so eat the rich, and after we eat the rich, we <laughs> raid their pantry for the delicious designer ice cream. Shout out to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs>
1: um so uh it since then you know as i mentioned republicans have been trying to tear it down and then comes along our good friend bill clinton mr mr epstein's friend himself hold on hold on hold
0: on <laughs> brian before you get started about this is william <laughs> jefferson clinton now first off i know i cut welfare as we know it but that was to lift up the people and give them what they needed and also it was necessary to do the crime bill with my good friend joe biden who's the president now uh Shout out to him. And my boy, OBZ, my, my nigga. I, mean, I didn't mean to say that. I said my, my Negro. But anyway, I before you go talking bad about me, I need to defend myself. Because I'm from Hope, Arkansas, and I feel the pain. But I had to cut welfare as we know it because people were getting lazy. And we didn't want to do that. We had the grand bargain with the Republicans in 1994. That's You guys were like little babies then. So what do you know about that time? What do you know? It's just
1: amaz- it is amazing. Like politi- good politicians can like sidestep rape ac- accusations as much as like the Christian Church. You know, like it's insane to me how many rape allegations Clinton and Trump have against each other, but just like nothing
0: happens. Hold on, on now Clinton. you're saying I'm raping people. <laughs> this is this is a travesty. I don't believe this, Brian. I'm the President of the United States. I was the President. Goddammit, and I never, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> you say it, Bill. You uh, tell him, Bill.
1: um so uh in during bill clinton's presidency um as lornette mentioned real briefly was he passed a welfare basically what it did in the long term was end up gutting the welfare program um what basically he did was the in the bill it limited rather than the the previous welfare for for moms and children and things they there was no time limit on it He set a time limit, so it cut you off after two years, or if you had been in the program five years total in your lifetime, it would cut you off. And the main downfall to it, which he sure as hell knew about, was it gave more power to the states to decide how to fund um, the the welfare programs. And at first, because the economy was booming in the mid-90s, it quote-unquote worked in that a lot of people were getting off welfare. Well what was actually happening was the economy was booming. So there were more jobs available, so people got jobs. But then when in two thousand, when you know, the economy took a downhorn downturn, and then especially in o eight, where it really shit the bed and we were in a recession, um, all those jobs dried up. so then more people were trying to go back on welfare. And what ended up happening was because the states were given the right to determine what they would fund. Um, basically, they just started to fund other things with that money and didn't do any actually actual job programs. Um, so you know, it's it's if you if you don't give people the means, you know, it's that whole teach a pers- give a person a fish or teach them to fish. If you don't have any, so like welfare programs, there used to be jobs programs, so it would teach people how you know get them educated enough to go into the workforce. Where all that got slowly taken away, and states just started moving that um, to other things. To you get to the point, um, now where it's a complete shit show and the welfare is just basically like a shadow of what it used to be. Yeah.
0: And, um, you uh, know, we, I joke around and say that, you know, we're two guys with a mics and we don't have, we do not qualify to talk about any of this shit, but we do. Um, however, this is something that I actually am uh, qualified to talk about because, um, I went to, um, to school to be uh, a social worker and I went to a very conservative school called the university of Chicago. Um, but it did produce uh, Carl Sagan and Edwin Hubble, so um, you know, good to bad. But it also gave us that son of a bitch, Milton Friedman. Yeah. So, so science was on point. Science but... was on, well. It also <laughs> was a, where the atom was split there. So, um, take that with it, whatever how you want to feel about that, um, the atom bomb, but also fusion power in the future maybe. But anyway, I digress. So, in my social work program, we learned about these welfare programs and how the states designed them, um, especially after the Clinton era. And what they really did, and it was really insidious and kind of, like, really, like, fucked up. And basically what happens is you can be on these programs, but you have to have a certain, like, you know, income. And if you happen to, like, get a job, but it's still, like, a low-wage job and you're kind of working towards, like, you know, improving yourself, they'll pull you off the welfare. Um, if you get married, oh, well, you have a man in your house. And this is what goes to women. Um, you have a man in your house. So you don't need, you don't need this, um, these benefits. Well, obviously, folks, you know, Americans, every every American likes to say they're middle class. Um, You're not. So let's just get that out the way. Um, You're not middle fucking class. It's it's a lot of you guys who are just working people and nothing wrong with that. But um, most likely you're going to marry someone who is in your class background, because most of the time you marry and date. And no matter what your gender or sexual orientation is, uh, people who are your same economic background. Um, if you're like a professor, most likely you're going to marry someone who's like a professor type or have a similar education. If you are, you know, a service industry worker, you're probably going to, you know, date and marry someone who might be in the service industry. But anyway, poor people are going to marry poor people. Rich people are going to marry rich people. It's It's been that way since the beginning of the time, unless you're Anna Nicole Smith, who, who marries a rich old guy. So I don't hate to hustle. I wish I if, I, if I divorce my wife and it doesn't work out, I'm going to find me some rich old lady to, to live with and marry. <laughs> And then she can send me to the mall, guys. I can be her, her, I'll be her pool boy. But no, I, I, all joking aside, what they do, with these programs, is as soon as you get a leg up, they pull the rug from under you. So it incentivizes not really like bettering yourself. Like it incentivizes the thing they all talk rarely about welfare doing. It makes people lazy. Well, it's like if you're going to get penalized for like doing things, why even try to do it? So, like if you're on SSI, Uh, Because of disabilities, if you happen to get a job and make a certain amount of money, they start taking away your SSI. But like you still have a disability that doesn't go away because you have a job and you could technically lose that job. So why why take that away? Even if that job is like low wage or like barely above uh, or barely working wages. So it's incentivizing people not to like better themselves, go to school, get a job, because like the way it's designed is to keep people at this certain level and even the money that they do give you, it's like peanuts. It's not like people are high rolling, making it rain, um, you know, and like people are assholes on Twitter being like, oh, dare these people, they're buying like, you know, they're buying, buying
1: lobster tails, they're buying <laughs> lobster
0: tails with their, with their, <laughs> their debit, with their um, snap benefits. I'm like, it's food. You can, it's, people can buy food. Oh, they shouldn't be able to buy sodas and like, you know, ice cream and cookies because like, it should only be healthy fruits and vegetables. It's like, who gives a shit they they people need food like it's you need food like some lady on
1: twitter shared that story about when what is it called it's snap right yeah, snap. is the yeah so they had that and uh, her mom went and was buying birthday cake mix and someone made the comment oh my tax dollars are paying for you to eat unhealthy food blah 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 it was her little it was her 5 5 year old's birthday and so she was just spending on that money to get Man, a cake Now why do for we a give a shit birthday.
0: about like um what people are buying and if we had just if we had Medicare for all in this country, you know, we could do a whole preventative healthcare program. And it's like, look, nothing's wrong with having sweets in a soda every now and then having a the cake. It's just like, that's what know. I mean. Like,
1: so like poor people should not have any enjoyment yeah. whatsoever. Well, I remember like watching Fox
0: things. News being like, look at all these poor people. They have cable in the refrigerator. I'm like, what the fuck? Like 25% of poor people, people who live in poverty have cable. How, how dare them have cable? How dare them have some type of luxury?
1: so many people have said that to me and then i've like given money to homeless people like oh they're gonna spend that on booze and drugs it's like well good for fucking them you know it's like whatever like it's say they, they get the money they can if they need it more than food at that time then go get some booze like i'd want to drink too if i was in some fucked up situation yeah you know?
0: and uh, let we'll us be honest we never we never say that about rich people we have to be all you know hearts and minds for like hunter Biden having a cocaine addiction but if you give some homeless person like a dollar and they're like whoa he's gonna go buy drugs well, this rich kid bought a whole bunch of drugs and got a, a job way better than you'll ever get. And he doesn't do anything. He just like, I just got a name. So obviously we have a president who did that. He coasted off his name. Thanks to his like $10 million loan from his dad. $10 million, not that much. Everybody gets it. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. I beat coronavirus. I got the best healthcare in the world. Oh, you have government healthcare, Mr. Trump. What? No, no, I don't. I, have, I pay for my healthcare. You're the president. You have government-run healthcare. No, I don't believe that. That's the funniest thing. That's the, these rich assholes who are in Congress and who work in the government, at the, I'm talking about the elected officials, uh, not the everyday working people who work for the government and make things sort of run in this, this country, but these government officials, like I think like 55% of like Congress are like millionaires or above. But anyway, these assholes all get government health care, government benefits. They all do. And it's some of the best health care in this country. And it's all subsidized by taxpayer dollars, so why do they have it, but us regular people can't have it? So that's welfare in itself for rich people.
1: Yeah, and I think you you know you kind of hit the the nail on the head with that. Is that the welfare as it's conceived to rich to rich people? It's never welfare. It's only to villainize the poor that this term welfare gets thrown around. And I mean. It comes in a lot of forms. I know one that I always – Republicans love going on this one, too, is that, like, immigrants are, like, using all your welfare dollars and, like, stealing, you know, from the system. And, like, just so anyone knows, not now, not never, undocumented immigrants – never could receive food stamps or welfare benefits ever in this country. And with that 1996 bill that Clinton passed, it actually made it so most legal immigrants couldn't get any kind of assistance. So to think that immigrants are somehow coming and, like, leeching off the system is just just not a reality. Um, I think another kind of misrepresentation is that, like, people have that, like, the government's just, like, giving checks to poor people. When in reality, most of the welfare comes from things like tax credits and federal grants and stuff. So it's not just like the you know like the government's just like making it rain for yeah, poor people. Yeah, and, and
0: as someone who grew up like you know working class and, and basically poor, you know I remember like you know, having the box of cereals that wasn't frosted flakes. It was just like flakes that are frosted, <laughs> or the peanut butter that was like in a white you know jug that said USDA peanut butter and had like a Thick layer of oil on top of it, and if you didn't mix it up, you know, this going to be the hardest peanut butter ever spreading. <laughs> your PB and J. So like, you didn't get to drink Pepsi. You had Porpsy. <laughs> well, I, I, we had like RC Cola. Um, so we grew up like poor. Uh, oats shaped cereal, not not Cheerios. oats shaped cereal. So what Oat, I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so what I I I'm saying, that. what I'm saying is this: like the loop, the the loopholes you have to go through to get these benefits especially depending on what community you live in if you live in a well-off affluent community community especially one that's wider you I, I experienced it so when I got out the service um, you know you can you 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 get discharged you can, you are tied to unemployment benefits uh, for that you know year or whatever um, post service unless you get another job and I remember um, being in DeKalb Illinois which is where NIU is at our, our undergrad where, where Brian and I met. And I went there and like you know talked to the unemployment officer and it was a you know older white lady and she's like oh you're a vet oh yeah yeah you're good to go and you know what about like me having to look for jobs and stuff she's like don't worry about it son and I got I got unemployment benefits for a while like it was fantastic and then you know I finally did end up getting a job um, and then you know I I lost that it was a temporary job so I lost it in the summer of 2006 and I still had a few weeks of unemployment benefits so this time I was on the South Side of Chicago which is a working class uh, middle Lower middle class, working class area, like South Shore. And I went to the unemployment office there and they put me through the ringers to get like benefits that I still had on the table. Like I wasn't working, I still had the, like several weeks of unemployment benefits. And it was so humiliating. And this is what poor people have to go through is like just being demoralized. So it is it, even, it, 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 you don't even want to go like to get the benefits because you got it like they, so many personal questions they ask you. They got to like they do like uh, wellness checks, where so they have to send caseworkers over to make sure it's not some man living with you, because if some man's living with you, obviously you're 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 gaming the system, and no one's really gaming the system. It's kind of like voter fraud. Who's like going to go to jail for like voting?
1: That's what I mean. It's like it's a super 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 small percent of people that are gaming the system like that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Basically, when you're super poor and you're getting involved in welfare, you're doing a lot of work just to get money any way you can. There just aren't jobs available, so you're going to do this. Where if you had, you know, if you could just go get hired at a job real quick, people would rather
0: do that, you know? Yeah, and this is another misnomer. It's not an option. This is another misnomer. Sorry to cut you off. Um, That poor people pay no taxes. And that's absolute bullshit. Every state in the union has sale taxes. So people got to buy food. People have to buy clothes. People fucking buy gas. People, you know... If you're buying something, you're paying some type of sales tax. That, it's a tax. So everybody pays taxes. Yes, maybe if someone who's working poor might not have to pay income taxes because they have a little a small income or a little income. But the idea that people don't pay taxes is absolutely asinine. They do pay taxes. You know who don't pay taxes? Amazon, Verizon Wireless, Comcast, the richest corporations on earth that are based here in the United States. They don't pay taxes. So when i it, mean another yeah go ahead sorry go ahead no you go ahead
1: no and i was just gonna say another common misnomer is that you know that these are just like lazy people who don't want to work but when you look through the stats and i and i went to many different you know websites and tried to get stats from a variety of sources i always recommend everyone does but i'll share the link to one but basically when you boil all this the stats down it finds that People on, all people on welfare, once they get a job that's actually not, you know, not seasonal work, it's like a sustained job that'll hire them full-time and they've held that job for a year, at least, only 20% of the people end up going back on welfare. 80% of the people, once they get a job, they're able to hang on to it and go from there. So even, so this idea that everyone's just like, well, I'm just not going to work, like that's not... Really, a thing, you know, and the, yeah. in, in that twenty percent, it broke down. There were a variety of reasons why yeah, and, that was the case. And, and the, also,
0: we have to think about this. Another thing we talk about welfare. I, mean, I brought it up a little bit with SSI, Social Security. It's uh, not just for senior citizens, but individuals have disabilities. Some people are physically unable to work, like they just can't physically work. They have some type of ailment or condition that prevents them. Well, to-
1: screw them if they can't do work for me. Then what? What good are they? Yeah, it's just
0: like, are we going to just let those folks die? Like we have to. You know that's like the most inhumane thing ever but you know people are fine with that so it's kind of just like if you have a debilitating disability um and not to say that everybody with disabilities um don't work because like obviously one of the most famous scientists who ever lived Stephen Hawking was obviously a person who was, had disabilities and you know um, was one the, considered one of the greatest minds in in human history so that's not and I'm so I'm not trying to you know down degrade or uh, or or talk down to anybody who has any type of disabilities but Sometimes people are physically unable to actually, like, go to a job or even work from home. Um, so are we just going to let those people fall to the wayside? That's, that would be, you know, immoral for one. And, and two, just wrong. So there, and then also the flip side, you know, because this is what I hear about when people are like, oh, you smoke weed. They just want to be lazy. If we give everybody a UBI, they're just going to be lazy and, and move to our system. I'm like, you know, if people just want to sit home and play video games and eat chips and shit like that, I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine. Because they can be doing worse things. They could be, like, you know, robbing and stealing. But if they just want to sit home and chill, I don't care. Let them do that.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, better than, like, aggravated but, <laughs> robbery. Yeah, we got to be,
0: like, everybody has but, to be a, a worker bee to be productive. And it's only to make but, rich people even richer. And that's that's the thing. But you made,
1: you made a good point, though, about um, with disability, another thing that is children are that when welfare is taken away, children are the main people that Im- are impacted. Um uh just to, to give you some stats about it um so when, when welfare was taken away you know in 1996 when it really hit hard um it led to a situation where now in 2018 one in six children live in poverty um so that's a, you know around 12 million children um and what and that's let me see here it says it's one and a half times higher than that of adults 18 to 64 and two times higher than adults 65 and older yeah. and just so you know so these you know these 12 million children are considered poor one in six the poverty line is insanely low like so different places I went it listed it differently but it, it went anywhere from like you're considered poor if a family of four makes $25,000 or less or one person in the family makes $12,000 less can you like just just coming from middle-class suburbia America, to think $25,000 for four people, that is so fucking not a lot of money. You know, like, it's just, like, I can't believe that's the pot. Like, 50000 for four people would seem like it'd be right on the border, you know, yeah. for me. So in an already low poverty line, we it's it's mostly children that are thrown into this. So when you cut back welfare, you're really taken away from children who can't work. And don't have a stable environment to, you know, they can't get a job, so it's not like there's something they can cure themselves. And then, you know, who knows what kind of family life situation. Well, Brian, maybe they
0: need to they need to go to work and learn the value (laughs) part work because we don't want those kids (laughs) being lazy moochers, all right? They need to go out there and get a goddamn job. I don't care if it's a six month year old baby. You can you can you can like chew up mush and then like put it back and like make it as other baby food. So yeah, that's what they should do um so let's talk about people who do get welfare in this great nation of ours all right corporations does yeah yeah i was gonna say does it rhyme with orations orations let's talk about the people who are doing the real looting because i know everybody this summer got their pearls all clutched oh my god the people are uprising and they're looting macy's and and marshall fields and And JCPenney's... Well, not JCPenney's. They don't exist anymore. Well, they're they're looting an Eddie barrel store on the Magnificent Mile. Uh, All that stuff is insured and those companies are insured up to ass. And maybe the insurance people can get off their ass and and do their jobs because, like, what a useless industry. Um, Just in case you lose some shit, just in case you break some shit, just in case some shit happens. And if shit doesn't happen, you still gotta pay us. (laughs) That's insurance. As Chris Rock said. Just in case. But anyway, let's talk about the real looters. The people who pay no fucking taxes and yet have the most money on earth, corporations.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was trying to look up. It's hard. <laughs> there's so many, uh, it's so hard to find like good stats for this online. It's almost as if these corporations don't want everyone to know how much they're suckling off the government. Well, we um, can talk but,
0: about the, let's, we can, we but can, oh, well, I was just going to talk about the the recessions, um, the 2008 one and the current one how much money oh, yeah, they the got
1: two, from that? to two bailout bills, yeah, yeah, go with that. Yeah, so let's
0: talk about the 2009 recession, and so this is kind of from uh, MIT. Um, there's their business school there, and back in 2012, then President Obama claimed the government got back every dime used to rescue the banks. Now these are banks, are private industries that led to the collapse because they were giving people subprime loans that they knew they could never pay back, but they were preying upon people. So it was like misleading. So these bankers should have been thrown in jail because like if Brian and I, you know, do a legally binding contract and we mislead people and swindle them out their money, we can get sued and go to jail. But, you know, these banks got a bailout. And, and this is from President Obama. I know the greatest president of all time. I would have voted for him a third time if I could. Um, you know, I know all you get out folks <laughs> I know that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, but meanwhile, ProPublica's ongoing bailout tracker reported that the total net the government profited um, was $96 billion as of February 2019. That figure includes money paid back by bailout companies, as well as revenue from dividends, loan interest, and warrants, and other proceeds. In contrast, in Forbes' article claimed that the U.S. by then had paid out $4.6 trillion of the sixteen Point eight trillion of incommitted funds. So just think, they only paid, but they got four trillion dollars for fucking up the economy, and they only paid back ninety six billion dollars. If that's not looting, and 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 just think, like a billion dollars is is an astronomical number. That's just the regular person can't comprehend that. Hell, mathematicians can barely comprehend that. So just think, from a trillion is like a hundred million billion, and they get. 4.6 trillion, and that's just the 2008 recession, and only pay back 90 billion. They only pay back like less than 1% of what they got. Less than 1%. I'm not a mathematician, so the math folks out there, you can come back on the comments or Twitter or Facebook and like, I actually, learn that this is how much percentage, but it's going to be a small percentage. Um, so then we have, fast forward to this year, the CARES Act, and it was the largest relief package in history. $2 trillion bill provided direct cash payments to tens of millions of Americans, immediate relief to some small businesses, and expanded unemployment benefits for those out of work uh, as well the country was under stay-at-home orders. That included a $500 billion bailout fund to corporations. And Trump has already vowed to oversee that with the Democrats and Republicans in the House. Um, and Americans who are desperate for age eight right now, all they got was $1,200 check one time, and we got the unemployment benefits that's through six hundred dollars along to whatever your state provided you until the end of July. And all this CARES Act stuff is set to expire by the end of the year. And there's no bailout on the horizon. And the only reason they did those two bailouts in two thousand eight and in two thousand twenty was because these corporations went to the to the to the to the powers that be, the the, the government, and was like, Hey guys, we kinda fucked up, so we need to be bailed out. Uh, Because they're not going to make any money. And what's even fucked up, and I talked about this in an earlier podcast, is that we were still providing subsidies to the oil industry while the use of oil and natural gas went down because people weren't traveling as much as they would due to the COVID pandemic. And we were paying subsidies. Those subsidies are tax dollars going to prop up private corporations. So if that's not welfare, I don't know what the fuck is. Handouts. That's like handouts. That's not even welfare. That's handouts. Because these companies are worth billions of dollars. Right, and that's even
1: just the like the bailouts that you you know you were referring to two big bailouts. I was also just trying to find some re- do some research on, and it's estimated you know the the figure figures I was reading was like ranging between like fifty billion and five hundred billion. So who knows how the fuck much it was, but it's a big ass number. That that like between fifty and two hundred billion dollars that they get. Just in government subsidies and tax credits, just regularly throughout the year. So that's outside the bailouts that give them even more billions of dollars. Just on the average, they're getting these tax credits and subsidies. And it's not that they're doing anything special. It's just that they're, these mega corporations are lobbying the government to give them these tax breaks. They can also, unlike the average citizen, they can hire, they can afford to hire lawyers to just spend all day looking for little tax loopholes that they can get out of. Um, yeah don't you know I... the
0: panama papers and how many <laughs> yeah. shell companies oh, yeah. they had and how they were avoiding taxes and also yeah people definitely check that out and how they defunded the, the irs so the irs doesn't even go after these you know corporations because they don't have the um, person power to do it um and in fact my mother told me my mother's like working working class and at the irs like went after her like sh- the irs went hard on my mom who is like working class and doesn't who's like a housewife, and my father works like two or three jobs for like years, harder than they ever did Verizon or Amazon. And Jeff Bezos is on track to be a trillionaire. And if, and you can't even fathom what the trillion dollars is. But basically, you can have, what, 2000 like a million dollars a day since the birth of Jesus, or so-called birth of Jesus, um, until current time and still not have enough money, as much money as Jeff Bezos.
1: Yeah, and it was it's something like yeah, well, if like yeah, my buddy Derek shared it on our Facebook, but it's uh like if a billion you know billion was a billion seconds, um, was is like I can't remember the exact number, but I mean basically I think it was a trillion seconds is like thirty one thousand years or something. Yeah. So it's just like it's just an insane, unimaginable amount of wealth, and to kind of piggyback on that, just the great examples I found were with McDonald's and Walmart. So, obviously, um, these are two extremely wealthy corporations. Um, The Walton family is one of the richest families in the world. The McDonald's CEO, I think, gets paid something like $40 million a year. Um, Majority, a lot of their employees are on welfare because they're not getting paid enough from those two companies. Um, I was on this website that I'll share that they said that it was estimated that it cost the American people $100 billion in taxes just in the supporting Walmart and McDonald's employees through welfare programs because they weren't paying their enough employees. And I hear people argue that when I bring that up, they're like, oh, well, if you... If they paid them better, then burgers would just be an insane amount of money when that's not true. In Europe, McDonald's employees make, I think their minimum wage is like $22. They're they're guaranteed health benefits and everything. And I think burgers are like 21 cents more there in Europe than they are here. So it's just a companies should be forced to pay their employees a living wage. If you work full time, you should be able to support yourself based off that job. The taxpayer shouldn't have to fit the bill for these other companies you know yeah um, and you
0: have a regular citizens be like well maybe they shouldn't work at McDonald's or walmart and maybe they should get a higher payer job or go into coding like Ron emmanuel said and be a coder well i say to those people you all can kiss kiss my kiss my ass <laughs> uh first off there's nothing wrong with like someone working at McDonald's or walmart like
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with preparing food for somebody is a sacred act, you know? There's nothing wrong with with being a chef and feeding people, you know, burgers and fries. It's not... And people go shop there,
0: so, like, these companies make all this money, so why not pay your employees a full wage? And why are you getting subsidized by the government? So, talk about, like, a handout. That's a handout to these corporations. Like, we can pay our employees shit, reap in all the profits, and then have the government flip the bill. And if the government is being lobbied by these companies you know, they are fine with it because they get re-election funds and all this stuff to run their campaigns. So it's it's a corrupt system and you bring this up to some voters and they get all mad. Like, oh my God, how can you say this? It? It's so depressing. But it's the fucking reality. I, you can stick your head in the sand and be like, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Anything you're saying. It's, it's the reality. It's actual reality. I know Obama said the internet is bad and I know why he says it's bad because you can go online and find all this shit we're talking about. So you can see that me and Brian are not pulling this out our ass. Um, so I know Barack Obama wants to shut down. We need to shut down the internet. People don't need to know about me bailing out those banks. (laughs) I didn't bail them out. I I felt bad bombing those people. You know, I didn't want to look weak on a war on terror and I didn't want to look weak on, um, on the banks because you know, they're my buddies. I mean, I, I I gave them a strong tongue lashing. I was like, look here, don't do that again. Bad bankers, bad bankers, bad bankers. Well, just so
1: people know, I think i forgot who did the article but it was just released where obama said he was like oh i didn't want i couldn't because i was a democrat i couldn't look tough on terrorism so that's why well he couldn't look parties and all that shit yeah i couldn't look on terrorism so like i couldn't look bad i gotta bomb these people yeah
0: yeah. i gotta bail out these banks michelle that's what we gotta do we gotta get this money i mean we gotta get this honey i mean I i digress obama
1: out (laughs) <laughs> and to and in addition to these subsidies tax loopholes tax tax credits another form of you know corporate welfare that people don't automatically assume see or associate with welfare is how the government builds the infrastructure for all these businesses so the main one that uh, i came across was like sports stadiums like most of these sports stadiums taxes billions of dollars to build these stadiums are coming out of the taxes and then the company that owns it just reaps all the profit from it without having to spend any of the, the money up front. And that's true for everything. You know, I think Elon Musk uh, has been going off on Twitter about, oh, we shouldn't be given stimulus checks out, blah, blah, blah. His companies are one of the main receivers of tax, ta- uh, tax benefits and just using government programs to build infrastructures, build projects that he ends up using and then profiting off of. So we're literally like building the the buildings for them, you know, the roads for people to get there. Just everything is paid. All the, all the costs are fit. You know, the taxpayers had to fit the bill. And then all the profit goes to the private industry.
0: Yeah, so when those assholes are like at the GOP convention, being like, we built it, we built it. Yes, the people's tax dollars and actual people, working people, built those stadiums and then fucking roads and all that stuff to get to that point. And I think another corporate welfare that folks don't talk about is our wonderful military. And, and I, uh, yes. and I, and I got, I got to let some folks know. So, um, this is a, a great st- stat and we'll, we'll post all this stuff. Uh, Brian, your camera's off, so I can't even see you now. Um, of the total, um, Of the total 655 lobbyists employed by weapons contractors, 423 of them, and this is numbers from uh, 2019, specifically lobbied on defense. In the same case, along with other issues, according to lobbying reports. So, they have 423 defense contractors lobbying Congress right now. So, that's a lot of lobbyists. You're not... So they're not
1: going to be paying taxes. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: and then we talk about corporate warfare in the military. Continue. So the recent budget plans have brought joy to the hearts of one group of needy Americans: top executives of major weapon contractors like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Northrop Group, uh, Raytheon, uh, General Dynamics. And let's talk about like um, how much these uh, this defense spending is. Um, so this this is this is uh, I believe. In 2019 when it comes to u.s spending priorities the numbers seem especially misguided in the air of tight budgets to come so by the department of defense own accounts taxpayers spent 13.3 trillion dollars on the u.s military from 2000 to fiscal year 2019 and inflation adjusted in 2020 add that to another three trillion dollars for the veterans administrations and the yearly average comes to a whopping. 26 billion dollars a year. Now let's 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 like look at this. So people are like, well, we need the military to protect our borders, and like we got to like we got to protect, we got to get freedom. No other country military on earth comes close.
1: Not even remotely close. The Pentagon, I mean, try-
0: yeah. The, the Pentagon's budget was nearly three times bigger than China's defense spending, and more than ten times larger than Russia. So when all the liberals are going about Russia, we outspend them in the military by ten times. And it exceeded all the next 10 countries' defense budgets combined. And single-handedly accounted for a hefty 38% of military spending worldwide. So over almost 40% of the world's military spending comes from the United States. And it makes those corporate exec- executives at Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, and General Dynamics and other weapons contractors so happy. But you know now, Brian, some of those CEOs of those companies are women. So hashtag feminism, hashtag girl power. <laughs> women can bomb and imperialism you know girl power now so we've, I, uh, we, we've done it we've done it
1: who was the comedian i think it was uh what the fuck was it? ted alexandra who did a joke about he was talking about all the you know women going in these weapons contractors the ceos and he's like all right they're breaking the glass ceiling and all the glass shards are
0: falling and killing everyone <laughs> yes you know bombing those poor people but you know it's a woman leading that that defense contractor uh weapons contractors the company so you know hashtag feminism
1: and we'll share the links to all these but i found the the exact same thing if you like there if you look at our discretionary spending a huge chunk of there's just this huge wedge of the pie for military and it's just absolutely insane like you cannot use that argument that oh we need this for defense because to the point where you mentioned we're spending. Way, way much more. I mean, so in 2019, our military budget was 732 billion. China's was 261. Third was India, was 71, and they go down from there. We spend more than the next 10 countries combined, and so you can't give this argument. It's for defense. We're we're spending way more than anything we could possibly need to defend against. Exactly. I'm like so are we t-
0: preparing to fight the fucking aliens from Independence Day? Does Trump <laughs> like? I know. I went to Area 51. There's aliens there. That's why I created the space force. To keep you all safe. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, just let us know, President Trump. Let us know. And I don't like calling him President Trump because I think he's an asshole, but the fucking idiot voters voted for an idiot. So, you know, maybe we get, the, we get the government we deserve if people keep voting for these same people who, like, give money, handouts to corporations and be like, well, you poor people, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is impossible. But let's talk about um, this. I th- I th- I th- so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that there, you know, there's money to the military budget. It's not going through the pockets of, like, the service members. There are actual service members, many of them, who are getting, like, on food stamps and stuff like that. Like, they're barely getting by. I think, like, an E1... When I joined in 2001, an E1 probably made, like, maybe $12,000 a year. And you're going to go send them over to war, but the defense contractor over there makes what that E1 makes in a one year. The defense contractor makes that in, like, one month. So... If I'm a military person, like, well, fuck, I'm going to do this. I can just get out and go do the same thing, but, like, be a private mercenary and make all this shit while we're just bombing the shit out of everybody and, like, polluting the environment because, like, that's how stupid humans are. Like, let's build all this military weapon to, like, fight each other versus, like, something that would be productive. Like, oh, I'm traveling space and preventing an asteroid from coming here. Or spending money to, like, prevent climate change. Or, like lifting people out of poverty, even, like, a percent of that money, like, 10% of the military budget in this country could, like, eliminate poverty completely. And we don't we don't prioritize that. And if you talk about the people, they'll be like, well, we spent all this money on NASA and go to space. And it's like, NASA's budget is, like, it's shit. They don't give a shit about NASA. Yeah, it's, NASA.
1: like, nothing compared to... And that's why I just think don't people don't realize how much money is really spent on these weapons contractors. And you made a good point that, like, Yeah, it's not going to veterans. It's not going to our actual service members who need it and deserve it. It's just going to these weapons contractors. And, I mean, you can think about, like, think about, like, the war in Iraq. Like, I think we are all, hopefully, majority of the population understands that was all about resource control and oil. It had nothing to do with freedom or anything like that. What? But... Yeah. <laughs> but so if you look at that, even if you're the, the type, you know, you're individualistic, like, yeah, we're powerful so we can go beat up all the, the people and take their shit. It's like, well, we didn't get the American people didn't get any of the profits of stealing all that oil. It just went to Haliburton and Northrop Grumman. Like, we didn't get anything from it. So if that's your whole like, oh, yeah, we're the big guys on block so we can subjugate people and take their shit. Well, the shit's not going to us, The you know, the majority of the American people. It's just going into the hands of a very select few people. Um, so unless you're a billionaire who owns, you know, unless you're Dick Cheney who owns a Halliburton, I don't see how that ideology, even if you think that's okay, that it's okay to murder people for their resources, it, those resources aren't going to you. Well, that's that's the so. thing
0: about Americans. They just think like, oh, yeah, you know, we're American. They're USA number one. And, like, we're number one in coronavirus and child poverty. So freedom. Um, And the thing is, we have the money and resources to to solve a lot of, you know, pressing problems to help out, uh, actually uplift the lives of many people. And that's the fucking point of a government, is to, like, you know, you pay taxes because you think, like, hey, I have this government there to, like, you know, have my back if I fall as a citizen. That's the fucking social contract. And when that goes away, that's why you have people fucking looting shit this summer. Like, you know, they're unemployed, They see the fucking police coming down and shooting people in their willy-nilly in their neighborhoods. And the taxpayer dollars go to fucking pay those police officers salaries. And and, and we sell fucking military gear to these police um, um, precincts and things like that. And if you look at every state and city, their highest line item budget is the police. So it's it's a reflection of the military-industrial complex throughout this country. Not at just the national, global level, but at the state and local level in every city and state. Even small towns are like, We're gonna buy this, sell this tank. You can need a tank to like what, blow up your citizens? Like what the fuck? are we just all call of duty? This does what, the, what they want the world to be? Yeah. That'd be cool. Wouldn't it? Well, well you know
1: what? I think a lot of it comes down to like, you know, just ignorance as far as there aren't a lot of like the med- no one in the media is talking about. Well that's because like the media is media. owned
0: by like these weapon contractors. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Just or they, like we in interact with each other.
1: Exactly, just like we talked on the previous episode about freedom of the press, the the media owns all you know is all owned by all these rich assholes. So they never talk about it. If welfare is only framed in a giving money to poor people way. It's never in the you know using all our tax dollar to fund the military to to bail out corporations, and so I think people only hear it interpreted that way. So they never think of all the other ways. We're using our tax dollars, and that's another annoying thing. When I was like, just you know, I when we were going for this episode, I wanted to see what some mainstream outlets said, and so much of Fox News is just like your tax dollars using to to feed poor people. Like it's like this horrible thing, and it's like I want my tax dollars to benefit my countrymen. That's the whole point of it is pooling resources. So that we can all work together. So I don't see this argument like, oh, it's gonna be. It's like good. That's what I want my taxes. I'd to, rather to my tax dollars
0: go to like feed, you know, a hungry child or like house a homeless person than going to like bomb some kid in Afghanistan or Syria or you know Nigeria. Like that's that that's you know, and the really crazy thing is we'll sit there and be like, we're a Christian nation and we all believe Jesus. Well, Jesus was a goddamn hippie. Commie hippie. He was like, look, like, you know, it the poor for they are the kingdom of heaven. Like he was like, you know, it's easier to get to. It's easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven. He was a he was a goddamn socialist. He was, he was, you know, the Che Guevara of uh, of religious prophets. <laughs> so it's like it wasn't the gospel part. He wasn't speaking speaking the gospel private prosperity. So. Even if you want to look at it from a you know religious angle or has Cornel West say prophetic theology, my dear brother Brian. It, it's it's about uplifting those who are the most downtrodden. And yet we spend all the money on defense. And people will be like, well, what about NASA? NASA is chump change. And NASA has done a lot of cool shit with the limited budget they have. So all you people complaining about like, oh, NASA. Like you have a fucking computer. You have a cell phone. Um, all our technology actually is a byproduct of either NASA or the military. Um, and it's all what started from military stuff like GPS, military, Velcro, military, internet, military, communication system for the military, um, the satellite systems, they all military at, at first. So in ways it has benefited us, but a lot of it is wasteful spending, spending on weapons, um, weapon systems and tanks and planes and, and ships that, you know, the Navy and military doesn't need, and, you know, if you ask most of the soldiers and service members, would they rather be in a war zone or some foreign country stationed there, or would they rather be at home and maybe just defend, you know, our borders if needed? So I understand the purpose of a military, but the point of the United States military isn't just, isn't to protect its borders. It's to, like, we're going to have our military reach all over the country, all over the world, I mean, and these weapons contractors will make big bank off death and destruction and our tax dollars will go to, the, to prop them up isn't it so the market is not invisible it's no invisible hand moving the market the gar- market is manipulated by a, by the like a puppet and it's propped up by the taxpayers of the world um and especially in the united states so brian are there some solutions since we talked about the problems what what can we do and also how are you going to pay for it yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, good question. How are we going to pay for it? Um, So um, some things people might not be, I mean, the number, the one number, number one solution I would say is we had to start taxing rich people again. Um, As you alluded to, all the major corporations and Amazon, Netflix, all, every major corporation you can think of in this country isn't paying taxes anymore. And they're the ones that should be paying the biggest chunk of taxes, um, just so you know, and I'll share, this is actually in Wikipedia, so it's just like a general site. Um, it shows the, the, ma- the marginal tax rates um, across different countries and uh, across time. And after World War II, the uh, marginal tax rate varied between 70 and 90%. So corporations were getting taxed a lot. And what ended up happening in the 1950s? We had the growth of the middle class in this country. So you could argue, you know, for white Americans at least, it was the most uh, prosperous time in our country's history. Corporations getting taxed 70%, 90%. Now in 2018, that's down to 21%. And that's not even including all, you know, the loopholes and everything they can get through. And um, and it started with that
0: son of a bitch Reagan in in 1980. And the crazy thing about it is is that, you know... um, that kind of third is like a, a de facto maximum wage um, because it acted as a maximum wage uh, during a 90% t- top tax income tax rate for a firm to put an extra $100 in the pocket of a top exec required them to put another $1,000 in salaries for their employees. So rather than send $900 to Uncle Sam to pay a CFO an extra $100, it makes more sense to give, it, give modest raise to five separate minimum managers putting more money in the pockets of your workforce and less less in the pockets of the federal government. So like it was a time where like we taxed those rich assholes. Um, and also that money went to their employees. Makes sense. So,
1: yeah, it's just, and I, I like, I think it's a, uh, oh, what's that ice cream? Co- uh, ben and Jerry's where they made like rules where they you know, the CEOs could only make a certain percent more than the bottom level employee. And we should really start passing government laws like this. Um, Because it's just... The people who make more... If you make $10 $10 million and you get taxed a $1 million, I don't give a shit. You still have $9 million. There's people digging in the garbage for peach pits to fucking eat. So, I don't... So, you can't cry cry me a river because you got taxed millions of dollars. You're still making millions of dollars. So, you know, just cry me a river. Well, it's kind of like George
0: Carlin said. He's like, you have the rich people who pay no taxes and own everything. You have the middle class people who who work all the time and pay all the taxes. And he had the poor people there to scare the shit out of the middle-class people and keep them going to their jobs and keep them in line. So that's that's how it goes. It's just like, and then, you know, um, it's like that one thing you said, like um, there's a CEO who has a uh, cookie, has 20 cookies. He takes 19 of them, splits, um, splits the cookie in half and gives it to the poor person and the working person. Like, look, that poor person's going to take the rest of your cookie. <laughs> Even though the rich guy just took 19 cookies at 20. So that's what we're doing.
1: Right. Exactly. So, in addition um, to increasing the tax on the wealthier, basically start to tax them. Um, we need to raise the minimum wage. um Fifteen now. That's that's the thing is the 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 fight for fifteen started. When was that? Like a decade ago? Two decades ago? It was a decade right ago.
0: Now?
1: Yeah, and they basically delayed it now to where now it's obsolete. Like fifteen dollars an hour is not enough to survive with the way
0: how much rent and food. Oh yeah, the minimum country. wage in this country should be at least twenty five dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And it shouldn't and even that, be a minimum wage. It should just be a fucking maximum wage. And you know that um, even the asshole Richard Nixon was floated the idea of like a um, universal basic income back in the like seventies.
1: And and that's the the main stigma too on welfare is oh they're lazy they don't have jobs as I mentioned with Walmart and McDonald's a lot of people on welfare have jobs multiple jobs so we got to get these companies to start paying their employees because we shouldn't have to as taxpayers these companies should be paying their employees yeah and they shouldn't be getting fucking
0: if they're getting tax breaks pay your goddamn workers so uh, and the right, people have exactly. to have the will um a, another thing that would help um out a lot in this country if we just had. You know, we can call it Medicare for All, but there's universal health care. In fact, they said, you know, study after study. And this is, like, from Yale, I believe. And Yale is not a fucking radical liberal, like, it's not a radical leftist school by any stretch of the imagination. But it said it would save the United States, like, $80 billion a year if they, if we implemented a Medicare for All program. Because right now, the insurance company. And let's tell you how suck these, sucky these insurance companies are. My wife has health insurance she had eye insurance and she still spent like twelve hundred dollars out of pocket to like get some contacts and glasses and that's with insurance i pay like four hundred dollars so it's it's like you get these co-pays so when when pete Buttigieg judge and all those idiots doing the democratic premieres if you like your insurance you get to keep it no one fucking likes your insurance because you're so it's like why am i paying insurance when i still got to pay out of pocket what what type of ripoff is that
1: I always think about that. Like when I go to the doctor, it's always a hundred for a simple visit, just a straight visit. I have insurance. It's a hundred dollars. It's like, why I'm paying insurance. Why am I paying this hundred dollars? Yeah, what, what the Is it just so an insurance company to make
0: money? That's, that's all it is. Cause I'm like, it, why the fuck I am I paying was... out of pocket? I, I shouldn't have to pay for anything if I'm paying insurance already. And it's so stupid.
1: I yet to pay like dental and vision insurance on top of it. it's like are vision and dental are they is that
0: not part of your health? Like is as that not part of your body? body. That's it's so, it's so stupid. Stupid. I know. So <laughs> Medicare for it's all, so dumb. A universal healthcare uh-huh. system would solve all for- that. And you know another dumb thing we do as a nation is tie healthcare to employees. So like if you're a small business, employment, employment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now these small business owners, lots of them like watch Fox News and they think like I'm a capitalist. i you get up every day and work for- work for your goddamn money. Jeff Bezos' money is making money, and his money's money's making money. So that's a capitalist. Your ass is a worker. So if you got to get up and fucking put in work to get your business going or your businesses, you're not you're not a capitalist. Like you're not J.P. Morgan. You're not fucking Elon Musk. You're not Warren Buffett. You're a goddamn you're a worker. You're a worker bee. Even if you own a business
1: um yeah if you want to sound fancy you can be the proletariat yeah proletariat is someone who has to sell their their body for labor sell their labor for money in order to survive so well, that's a little too bourgeoisie wise either um Brian.
0: <laughs> and we want to re- re- yeah, if you want to sound fancy this, this podcast is for the working man now get me a hell <laughs> yeah now um uh, uh, so yeah. employer-based health care that means the employer is like giving his money to the insurance companies and we all know that the insurance companies are rip this is me and Brian talking about our individual health insurance um, and and how that how that's a, a ripoff. So why not just have a universal health care system? And people are like, how can we afford it? We already have a universal health care system. Um, what the politicians get, their health care, their health care their healthcare is covered by the government and also the Veteran Administration or the Veteran Affairs Administration. The VA. The VA is a universal health care system. And most veterans, for the most part, who are connected to the VA actually like their VA. Insurance and their co pays are like 15 20 dollars. Maybe that's I would love to go to the eye doctor and pay 15 20 dollars to get my contacts and glasses because I, I can't fucking see. I wish I could see, but I can't. Um, it makes swimming very hard because I have to wear goggles because I got contacts, or I got to swim without my glasses and I can't see where I'm swimming. So <laughs> it's either one or the other, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> I know, nerd. <laughs> I know, I used to be called a nerd in school. Uh, so fun time, oh. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, kids um, are assholes so like so right. universal healthcare. sorry to bring up your child nah, That's all right i know i'm gonna cry myself <laughs> to sleep tonight but uh so that's another thing free college public university and trade schools to give people so you don't want people on health on welfare um why don't you give them the resources to better themselves and and i'm not talking about private universities and, and trade schools but like public universities and colleges they should all be free just creating
1: some kind of jobs program. I mean, when I was researching the the deterioration of the welfare service, back in the day, there were lots of job programs to help people to show them how to get jobs, to get them educated in certain fields, so that they, you know, were knowledgeable enough to get open positions. Where now, that's all gone away. So there's like no guidance. You know, it's like, all right, here's your check for a little bit. Oh, and your time's up, and you're out. Yeah. So like, and it's, and then that's the barrier is you
0: know? cost. So like, if you want to be a plumber or electrician. How can you pay for school like that if it's like thousands of dollars a year? Or if you want to be a nurse or a doctor, like you got to go to school to do that. And if you like, if you come from a working class or poor background, do you really want to go to thousands of dollars in debt to like go to school just to like get a job? And then you get a job to pay back that school, to pay back the money you borrowed to go to school. It makes no sense. It's it, And it's hindering a lot of people. There could be another Einstein out there or a, another person to cure cancer. And yet they're not going to college or, or, or you know, it could be someone who's an engineer or a trades person who can come up with a new way to, you know, solve some of our climate crisis, crisis through trades like plumbing or something like that. And yet they're not going to school for it because like they can't afford it.
1: And, and with you know the poverty main affecting children disproportionately and you know just just to kind of read you I, I, I've read a good article about it too and it's it's been proven um here's the exact quote it says a long trail of evidence shows government assistance programs help curve the negative effects of po- poverty has on children's family and the economy. Children receiving snap are more likely to finish high school and less likely to experience obesity, stunt growth, heart disease and heart disease. Moreover, children and families benefiting from SNAP have higher scores on reading, math tests, and are more likely to go to college and have a higher earning as adults. So, surprise,
0: surprise! When people aren't starving, they actually do are better work, better workers. Yeah, and and um, they're more productive members of society. So that's the. It really baffles me that United States is all about like, we got to work, 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 work. We do everything to, to basically put our foot on the necks of working people, at every at every moment. Like. We're just screwing them over. It's very expensive in the United States to be poor because if you're poor, that means you probably don't have health insurance. So if you get sick, you have to wait until you go to the emergency room and then a the taxpayer has to, to deal with that. Or you get a crazy bill and now you're in medical debt. So it just makes no sense how we do things. And, and then you know, another thing that will help out a lot of you know, mothers who are you know um, working, mothers who are, might you be using welfare, is universal child care.
1: Oh, absolutely, and that's where I was looking at welfare programs in the U.S. compared to foreign countries, and statistically, like our welfare programs, we look like third world countries compared to some of these other countries. Um, I'll share the links on our Facebook page, but there was one website. It had a chart. You know, it was green to red how effective you are in different areas, and the U.S. was in the red on everything. So that was in. Let me find it real quick. It was childcare. Um, was one of them. And then, okay, here we go. So we have unemployment benefits, so how long it's covered, how much it's paid. U.S. is w- w- lagging way behind the rest of Europe. Maternity leave, um, so maternity pay, amount of maternity time. Um, parental, so child care, as you mentioned. Um, just sick time in general. All these different categories, the U.S. was way, way behind all these other countries. Um, and, wow. you know, it's just... Yeah, and it's just—it just like goes to show how like far behind we are in these things. Um, Brian, you're wrong. We're number one. We're American. And, and where is that money going to? As we already touched on, it's—it's it's because the U.S. is disproportionately spending so much money on its military. We don't have these funds to go to social welfare programs. Exactly, and those um, social
0: welfare programs lift up everybody. So all you greedy, like rich assholes who work for these, who run these corporations, like. You, you, If you lift everybody up and pay fair wages That means you have more potential workers That you can hire to like Shell out your fucking products and shit like that So it makes And then they can buy them So like w- Are we just like having uh, a, a, a oppressive Oppressed class of working people Who are barely like making ends meet To like serve the managerial class And the managerial class Is only there for the service of like the billionaire class Is that is that what we Definitely have in this country Because it seems that it's that way and we can sit there and be like, well, look at Cuba, look at look at Venezuela. If you have socialism, you have bread lines. We have bread lines right now in this country due to the yeah, COVID pandemic. Did you pandemic. see in
1: Texas this week? Yes, we. Oh my God! Yeah, the mainstream media had that story about like all those people in line for food in Texas, and it was like as far as the eye could see. Yes, so I'm like,
0: we have bread lines in the freest country on earth. So all the things that you've been told about, like, oh, socialism is bad, 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 and like they always say the leftists need to market socialism better. We have to. Explain it to them. Look, an average Joe can explain, like, look, all your tax dollars are going to the military versus, like, helping you get ahead in life. And they're like, that sounds like bullshit. And it's not going to, like, your cousin who's a, a soldier, sailor, marine. It's going to some rich asshole CEO at, uh, at uh, fucking Boeing. It's not going to, like, your cousins and stuff like that. And we're going to keep sending them to war zones because we keep this war going so they can keep selling weapons to both sides or all sides of the conflict because the United States is the largest arm dealers in the world. Yep. The largest arm dealers. All the guns and weapons being sold across the world probably come from the United States. So we're funding everybody. We're giving guns to everybody. We're selling it. You think we're not just selling them weapons to Al-Qaeda to fight our own U.S. troops? Hell, they even showed that in Iron Man if you think it's like... Disney even talked about that. <laughs> Tony starts selling weapons to both sides. And he apparently didn't know, but that's bullshit.
1: He knew. Uh, was it Jimmy Carter or someone else who... Someone has that cool... I should have made it my quote for the week, but it was... uh. That quote about like, you know, every time, every time a bomb's dropped, that's money that could have been used to feed a hungry kid, you know? So it's like every... That
0: sounds like White Eisenhower, actually. Eisenhower? Because okay. he yeah, was a Republican you know. president, but actually, when you read his speeches versus JFK's speeches, JFK sounds like a crazy-ass hawk. And, and
1: I, Eisenhower's a hippie. He's like, hey, we should be
0: building schools and, and 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 hospitals instead of like bombing people. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, for real, Eisenhower? Like he was a general in World War II, but maybe he saw how war sucked. And like um, Smedley Butler said, war is a racket, and it's the biggest r- hustle in all the country in all the world. War besides these greedy corporations. So the final thing we can do is cut the fucking defense budget by a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like go. And I do think UBI. Is a, So universal basic income is another thing that's needed. Um, whether people want to face it or not, we're going to get to a point where we're facing the contradiction of capitalism, where you need a job to get money to survive, yet automation is creating machines that can do everything better than humans can. So job, the, all the jobs are slowly going away. Technology is slowly replacing us. As it should, you know, we shouldn't have to work these mundane jobs where we just do the same shit over and over again on assembly line. We should create technology to free ourselves from this labor, Um, but downside in a capitalist system, you need money to survive. So in order to supplement that, we should have universal basic income. Because if you think about it, if, you know, McDonald's fires all its workers and then hires robots, McDonald's profit is all the same. So it's still all, you know, and they're going to make even more money not having to pay their employees. So, but it's all just going to the, you know, the heads of the the, the board of directors on these companies. So we should have UBI um, until, you know, we switch to a new system to supplement and actually give people money um, because, you know, their jobs are going away at no fault of their own. Yeah, and the
0: crazy thing is, like, it's always this whole misnomer that regular people be like, two things. If you raise the minimum wage, all the prices go up. And I'm like, you motherfucker, all the prices have went up. Like, I remember when I was a kid, gas would be like, what, 99 cents a gallon? Not anymore. I mean, a gallon of milk gives me 99 cents. Now it's like 2 or $3 for a gallon of milk. So the prices... Dude, you were right about that. Gro- grocery prices are just going up. Oh, so everything is, everything is already going up, except for the wages. And, but the, the middle class people will say that. and out there. My daddy said if you raise the minimum wage, all the prices go up. Everything goes up. Everything is going up already thanks to inflation, you dumbass. Second off, <laughs> if you raise the minimum wage... Then that means all the workers' wages will raise, be raised. You fucking dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it goes. It's like
1: <sighs> Yeah, because if a worker knows they can go do the same job and get paid somewhere more, they'll go there. So then the companies that aren't doing that, they'll get left behind. Well, this
0: is why economists get Nobel prizes, because it's a science of bullshit, but it's the science of bullshit and making <laughs> rich people richer. So of course they're gonna reward them. Like you came up with a new theory to like make sure that I can rip people off even more. Because it's like, in his theory and economics that shows it is a bullshit science, is people are rational actors, and they'll do what's most rational. We're a country who voted for Donald Trump to be president. We're a country that had Arnold Schwarzenegger as a governor. And the people voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger as a governor, not because he was a seasoned politician who knew what he was doing. They saw him in the fucking Terminator. So, kiss you can kiss my ass, but like, humans are rational. We're all. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm the most rational person, because I've done some stupid shit in my lifetime. Um, drag racing, Trying mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> We've all, I mean,
1: yeah. You can't. Well, like we discussed, going white water rafting for the first time can. ever,
0: or you know, <laughs> uh, wanting to jump out of a perfectly good plane. So like stupid shit like that. Like so, we're, we're no humans are not fucking rational. We're we're stupid. So cut the defense budget, um, and we can we can you know fund some of these programs. So when they say how are they going to pay for it, how do, when it's another war it. How are we paying for the wars? Wars we got. We spent trillions of dollars in Afghanistan, in Iraq, Iraq alone, not to mention all the little small wars. So is this an arbitrage, arbitrage on the neck of the United States, the military industrial complex? Who Dwight Eisenhower, that hippie, warned us about?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I hope this episode has at least got people down the path, seen the perspective of that. It's not the lazy working class person that's the welfare queen it's these corporations that are welfare queens and it's there are people really need capitalism doesn't provide for people there are people poor who work very hard who may work multiple jobs and still be on welfare so it's beneficial to all of us if we all you know pull each other up together um so i think that with that it's it's time for quotes um did you have do you want me to go ahead lorna or do you have one you uh
0: yeah i can go um So um, this quote is from a a gentleman I mentioned earlier, the great um, and late Carl Sagan. And, you know, when he asked about, like, what do you think the government responsibility for? And I totally agree with him. I believe the government has a responsibility to care for its people. There are countries which are perfectly able to do that. The United States is an extremely rich country. It's perfectly able to do that. It chooses not to. It chooses to have homeless people. Carl Sagan.
1: Right on. Um, And then mine, I didn't get it from uh, one of my, uh, you know, some person I really respect. This was just a random tweet that I came across on Twitter. Um, And I, you know, think it fit the subject perfectly. So thank you. uh, He is lore on Twitter. Um, But the comment was, uh, you can give a man a fish and then teach him how to fish. You know, it's a lot easier to learn how to fish when you're not starving. And that really Ooh, yeah. goes to how we should, yeah, yeah. So that really goes to our how our, we should be handling our social welfare programs. We should just be straight up giving the benefit to people who need it, and then on top of that, we should be giving them the tools to benefit themselves. So it's kind of got got to do both to make things work. Exactly. Um, but I so we're gonna wrap it up here just because we want to keep these episodes somewhat digestible. But I know we had a lot of research that we did in this episode that we didn't get to. So please go and check out our Facebook page. Um, we'll share all the links and then just kind of provide um, some descriptions for other articles that we came across that were very interesting that we didn't have time to get to. Um, so as always, thank you, Lornette. Thank you, everyone who listened. Please don't forget to check us out on Twitter at QCulture and Facebook at QCulture1. Uh, like I said, check out our, our links there, um, and we'll have plenty of those for this episode. Uh, the next episode, we'll be discussing the war on drugs. Uh, so thanks again, for every, everyone, for listening, and remember to question everything. or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.